that God's doing amazing. I've been, um, I've been going through like a journey. I've been learning a lot. And I hope to just kind of share with you a little bit about what I have been learning um, today. And um, this week, I think I talked to about, I would say about three to four, uh, I just don't remember, but probably three uh, men, actually, right? four, uh, whatever. And, uh, and everything had to do with dreams, like goals and life. And uh, it really impacted me because I've been thinking a lot about that myself. And I'm reading this book right now called Rooted. It's kind of uh, kind of has to do with a lot of what I've been journeying, and I kind of want to impart into your life as men this this evening. So, what I really want from you guys is I just kind of want you to pay attention to the best of your ability. Take some notes down on your phone to the best of your ability. Tweet some stuff. I don't know. Just saying. Um, just kind of remember stuff because um, we're going to continue to talk about these things that I'm going to talk to you about. But today, I think, will be kind of like a, it'll, it'll be a mark in our history, uh, just as, a, as men and, and as children of God. Amen? So I want to let you know, first of all, that the kingdom of God is not, it's not a kingdom of broken dreams. Amen? Is, 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 a, is a kingdom of fulfilled dreams, okay? Dreams that are God-given, that God puts in our heart, that um, he guides us through a process so that we can learn and we can grow and adapt and, and trust uh, him and him trust us with certain things as well. Um, I was talking to someone just last week, and I was telling them how, how sometimes, like, the Holy Spirit, it's kind of like a treasure hunt. Like, he'll give you, like, a like a prompting like Mims was talking about, or a clue, and you're like, okay, I kind of feel like the Holy Spirit is saying this, so I'm going to go find out. And sure enough, it's like there, and then you find there, and then he gives you more, and like, it's kind of like that, and it, that's kind of like how growth is in a, in a, in a walk in Christ, and, and uh, it's, it's kind of like, it's a, it's a process, and so sometimes the process is, uh, for us, is just like grueling because of like the, the, the time we live in, you know, like back in the day, there was like no television, there was no Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, uh, Periscope, Twitter, uh, what else? YouTube, Tumblr, and the list goes on. JJ's like, I don't know what that all is because he doesn't have any of that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, MySpace, which is still around. Um, but anyway, we we have that now, and we have uh, we have those uh, those comparisons that we can make. Like we can look at someone's Instagram, and it looks really cool. Like my wife, look at she was showing me like some person's house. Like look at this, look at all the pictures and the, how they live. And I'm like, man, that's fake. Like they're not gonna put pictures up when the socks are on the ground, the underwear was left in the bathroom. Put those pictures up. You know what I'm saying? Make me feel better about my life, right? <laughs> But we don't. We don't do that. And so when we see like, oh, like I just bought a house and oh, like we see all, all of the highlights of someone's life. We're like, man, I'm not doing anything. Like, and then and then the other thing that happens is like you start hating on the low and you're like <laughs> and you're like, man, I hate them. Like you don't say it maybe, but you're like, I don't want to see this or you unfollow or whatever. But 
we have that like that stuff that goes on in our life now because of uh, because of social media, amen. So uh, do me a favor, pay attention tonight. It's really important. Stay off social media tonight while I'm speaking, because some of you kind of have addictions, and uh, you need to really check that. Because <laughs> I know I know it's 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 very addictive, but. Um, it's important that you pay attention. And don't talk to yourselves while I'm preaching tonight. I know it's fun and we're men, but please listen to what I'm saying to you tonight, okay? So turn your Bibles to the book of Genesis, chapter 37. Genesis, and if somebody doesn't have a Bible with them, kind of share if you can. It, I mean, it's kind of easier nowadays. You just download it on your phone. And say amen when you have it. So I said Genesis 37, and uh, yeah. All right, so we're going to talk about a couple things. So um, let's just start by reading the verse that I, most of you know this story, but I will give you some background because not everyone knows it, but uh, 37 verse 8. Are you there? And his brothers said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us, or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him, hated him even, more, even more for his dreams and for his words. Let me read that again. And his brothers said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us, or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more. Now, they already hated him, so they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Amen? So we're going to talk about Joseph tonight, and we're going to talk about these, these four things that God gave me that will take us further in our journey to reach the dream that God has put in our hearts. And these four things are maturity. The second thing is decisiveness. The third thing is consistency. And the fourth thing is strength. So maturity, decisiveness, consistency, and strength. And we're going to see this throughout the life of Joseph. So we talked about maturity, for those of you that have been here when there has been a She Is service. We've talked about maturity out in the fellowship hall. And we, we've talked about what it was. And everybody gave like their, their insight and their opinion. It, it was awesome. So um, I recommend that you get that. No, we didn't record that. But, you know. Um, but it was awesome. Everybody had great input. Everybody had amazing things to say. Now, Joseph here, he's like a young kid. He's like 13, 15 years old, and he doesn't know better. So in his immaturity, he says his dreams. He doesn't understand the sensitivities of other people, right? He doesn't understand that his older brothers are, are well, they're just at home, and, 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 and he doesn't understand where they're coming from. So he kind of blurts out his dreams. But I, I'll get to this later, but it was because of who Joseph was. It wasn't that he was intentionally trying to be immature. It was just that he was 15 years old, amen? So you see the reaction of the brothers. Now, I don't know what's more immature, the fact that Joseph didn't have a sensitive heart towards his brothers. I don't think that's the point. 
But the, the immaturity of the older brothers to react that way to a younger kid, to hate him to the point that they want to kill him because he's had dreams where they're going to bow down to him. Now, Joseph doesn't have the maturity to kind of know what those dreams mean. So he just kind of blurts them out and says, basically, one day you guys are going to bow to me. And, and mom and dad, so are you. Isn't this amazing? And they're like, what? Even Jacob is like, man, go get, get out of here. You're crazy. We mean your mom are going to bow to you. And so there's like a lot of immaturity going on because of someone's dreams. I think for us, it's important that God kind of guides us and gives us a, uh, puts us in a process of maturity. I think God is interested in, 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 in developing our character more than he's interested in developing our dreams. Because the dreams are all, like the dreams are set. You get me? They're eternal. So the dream is there, but God is taking you on a journey to process you and to teach you certain things that you have to learn. Now, the, where you learn them is important. And I'm not talking about physically. I'm not talking about you coming to church, although that's important. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about Joseph. Is He doesn't understand the 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 capacity of his dreams and so he kind of wants it maybe to to blurt it out and 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 even to the point where sometimes we can relate to that because because we'll we'll say stuff and 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 we'll want it now and we live in like this 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 generation where like you can put a meal in the microwave and in six minutes have a meal that didn't happen like a hundred years ago or 200 years ago that didn't happen like and now it's so easy you can stay in your car and go into a place called a drive-thru you guys ever done that before and you wait like you wait longer in the drive-thru there's nobody inside nobody's ordering inside everyone's in the car but you're waiting right in and now the line's like super long and you're like nah it'll be fast and no one's in the restaurant like a little bit of people there's more people outside why because we want it fast and we want it now and comfortably. And we think, I'm going to sit in my car. And even at in and out they're like, is this going to be to go or, or in the car? I'm, whoa, change the game. I'll eat in the car. You know, I don't even, I'll just park here in the drive-thru and eat. You know, I don't even have to wait till I get home. It's just, everything is so fast and so rapid. And so we think that that's how dreams are access, you know, accessible to us. And that's not the way it is. So we have to mature in that. Paul writes to Timothy, we read this last time. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to believers in word, conduct, love, spirit, faith, purity. I love Paul's approach to fathering Timothy. I think we need fathers to help us father our dreams. Amen? We need spiritual fathers to help us father our dreams. Like that someone would encourage us, but tell us the truth because a, a real good father will tell you the truth. Yeah, you have dreams of doing this, but there's a couple things that you might want to work on now so that when you get there, you don't have that issue. Like if you have trouble saving money now and you think that if you get $10 million, that's how you're going to learn how to save. I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but you're going to spend the $10 million. And please give me some if you do get $10 million. But the, the, the point is that, that God wants to help you create character first so that you can reach 
a certain, you know, growth so that he can give you more. And that's what Paul's telling Timothy. He's like, look, God wants to give you more, but just be an example in all these things. Don't let the don't don't let the fact that you're young, which, by the way, he was like 40. Don't let the fact that you're young, you know, uh, keep keep you from being an example in all these areas. Sometimes we think that in our youth. Like, we don't have to conduct ourselves a certain way. Like, like we have to be, like, we, we can be, like, however we want. And God is saying, like, no, like, like, the future is now, in other words. Like, you don't have to wait till you're 45 years old or 50 years old or 60 years old. Like, now God wants to use you. Amen? So, Paul is fathering Timothy. Joseph was a dreamer, but, but he, was, he was a kid. And Jacob fathered him well, believe it or not. Like, like, Jacob gave him the coat of many colors. Like, that meant something. And I'll get to that later on. So, uh, again, God is concerned with developing us, our character. And, and maturity, you know, is, is for me, is, is using the wisdom that God has given us to, to make decisions. Like, like uh, you know, you're going to have to make decisions in life. And you're going to have to be mature enough to decide on your own sometimes. Sometimes you'll get counsel, and that's why it's important to be in community, because we can ask each other, like, hey, what do you think about this? And what do you think about that? You, you still end up doing what you want, but it's good to know what others think, you know what I mean? And so it's good to be in community because of that. But maturity is really knowing what to do in the right moment. Like, knowing when it's time to, like, mess around and joke, and knowing when it's time to, like, listen and be serious or whatever. Like, just living life, being aware of others. Immaturity is only being aware of yourself, like what you like, what your desires are, what makes you feel good. But maturity is, is understanding what others are going through and being sensitive towards others. Not walking on eggshells where you can't be yourself. I'm saying just being compassionate, being sensitive, being like the Holy Spirit is with others. Amen? So Joseph had to learn that. So what happens to Joseph is his brothers hate him because of his dreams and his words. So they plan to kill him, his own brothers, imagine. So then they take him. You know, he goes to the field. He meets them there. They're like, now's our chance. We're going to kill him. Then one of them's like, no, maybe we shouldn't kill him. That's kind of like a little far-fetched. I'm like, duh. You know, um, maybe we should just like, oh, here come these guys, and they sell him as a slave. You remember that, right? You've seen probably the movie or I don't know. But they sell him as a slave, and uh, they, uh, they, then he goes to Egypt. They take him to Egypt, these men. And in Egypt, they, they have like a market of, of slaves, and they sell him there. And a man named Potiphar buys him. Potiphar is like a, like a general from Egypt. He has a big house, and he buys Joseph. So now Joseph is a slave at Potiphar's house. Amen? So the next thing I want to talk to you about is decisiveness. When God gives you authority, it's because... You're, uh, because he's building up your character and he wants you to be decisive. Being decisive is standing for the truth. Amen? That's what I mean by being decisive. It's like, especially nowadays. Nowadays, you don't know what to believe anymore. Should uh, the women go to the women restroom? Should the man go? I don't know. I'm confused. I don't want to offend anyone because I love 
Jesus and I love people and I don't want to offend anyone. Like, what do I say? Like, what is right? And, you know, like, but we have to stand in truth. Like, we can love people, but still stand on truth. Are you with me? Like, we can still stand on truth. And so the next generation of men, think of the next generation of men. They need us. They need us to be able to stand on truth, even if we look crazy to the rest of the world. Now, I'm not, a, like, I'm not with like, going after conflict and confrontation. I'm not with that program because I don't, I, don't, I don't think Jesus was like that. I think conflict came to him, but he didn't look for it. But when it did come to him, he did stand in truth. And Jesus was not a sissy. He actually said what the word of God said, and he said the truth. And, and, and we have to be like that. We have to be decisive. Like, we have to instruct the next generation. We have to, for those that are married, we have to instruct our wives. We're still the head of the household. Yes, we lead together, but God says, the Bible says, hey, I'm the head of the man. You're the head of the wife. Like, it, that's still in the Bible. We can't ignore that. So it's our responsibility as husbands to be decisive, to stand for truth. Are you with me? I think Joseph learned that right away. I mean, his, like I said, his father raised him well. Watch, go to... Genesis 39. I don't know how many of you are going to relate to this, but I sure did. You'll see when we read it. Genesis 39. You there? And verse 7. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife, Potiphar, cast longing eyes on Joseph. And she said, lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, look, my master does not know what is with me in the house. And he has committed me all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you. In other words, Potiphar has given Joseph everything, obviously except his wife, okay? Because you are his wife, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So it was as she spoke to Joseph, listen to this, day by day, that he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. But it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the house was inside, that she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. And so it was when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and fled outside that she called to the man of her house and spoke to them saying, see, he has brought into us a Hebrew to mock us. He came into me to lie with me and I cried out with a loud voice, liar. And it happened when he heard that I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled and went outside. So she kept his garment with her until his master came home. Sometimes standing for truth is going to cost us something. It's going to cost, it's going to cost us something. It's going to cost a, a, a job like him, a, a, a friendship. It's going to cost things sometimes, you know, not every time. But it's going to cost. Look, day by day, she was asking him. I don't know. We're, we're all men here. And I know we're recording this, but whatever. But I, I have a feeling that Potiphar's wife was probably not a, a, an ugly 
wife, right? Maybe she was attractive, perhaps. Um, and, and daily, she was like, hey. And the Bible says, if you read the, the chapter, that Joseph was a good-looking guy. And, and, and that day by day, this woman was after him. And day by day, he had to stand for truth. He had to be decisive. No. No is good sometimes. Do you understand that? No is good. God created no because it's good for you. It's good for you to say no sometimes. Your soul needs to hear no sometimes. Hey, you should feel like this. No, right? That's being decisive. And, and Joseph is like, he's standing for truth and he's, he's showing integrity and honor to his master Potiphar. And he doesn't want to do this. It you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of, like, I always believe that, that the snake in the garden didn't just deceive Eve one day all willy-nilly like that. I think it was like day by day, he kind of tempted her and tempted her, tempted her. And if you read Genesis, wow, it's so, it's so crazy because the snake says, did God really say you can't eat from any tree? But God never said that. God said you can't eat from one tree. But it says in Genesis, did God really say that you can't eat from any tree? Twisting what God said. And Eve was like, no, he didn't say that. He said we can't eat from that tree anyway. But, but like the enemy doesn't like just come and like destroy you in one. Like it's inch by inch that he tries to kind of gain ground into your life. So you have to be decisive and you have to stand for truth. And you have to say, no, I'm not going to let him. I'm not going to let him influence me. I'm not going to let society and culture influence me. I stand in truth. I stand in the kingdom. I move through the kingdom. I move through the gospel. I'm led by the spirit. That's the kind of man that I am. Amen? And then, and then some of you later in life, I know some of you already have kids, but some of you later in life will have kids and you're going to have to stand for truth because they're going to, man, can you imagine in 10 years the way that things are going, like the, the questions that kids are going to have or, or just the thoughts and like the way they're going to think. And so we still like this, this old book, the Bible will still be relevant and will still be truth in 20 years. Amen. So Joseph was, he was uh, decisive. Uh, and he stood for truth. It, it didn't pay off in, in, in the physical sense, but it, it, uh, it paid off in the eternal sense. So on our way towards our dreams, we're going to have to be decisive. We're going to have to stand for truth, even when the situation doesn't look good. Even when you think, like, I could, I could potentially, like, lose in this situation, quote, unquote. Right. It may look like that to your fit because in, in the in the in the human eyes, like the other servants are like, oh, Joseph, it's over for you, buddy. I'm sorry. And honestly, honestly, he deserved death. Like, like, think about it, like he's a slave and, and the wife is accusing him of, you know, trying to do that. And, and so the, the husband would come back a general, mind you. He really deserved death, but God had a plan for him. Amen? So no matter what the enemy throws at you, just stand in the truth. Just stand there. Be still. Know that he is God, and he's going to get you through, and he's going to get you to your goal and your dreams. Amen? The next, the next thing that I want to talk to you about is consistency. Amen? Consistency. To be consistent. Joseph had consistency. Everywhere he went, 
he received favor. He received authority. And he was consistent with who he was and, and what he did for God and how he did his things. He was consistent all the way through. And let me show you same same uh, chapter, Genesis 39, but verse 4. You there? Where is it? Okay. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him, meaning Potiphar. Then he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had he put under his authority. Amen? That's verse 4. Let's go to verse 23, same chapter. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority, because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Okay? So, man, how can I say this? Uh, so whether you are in the prison, whether you are in Potiphar's house or the palace, you have to remain the same. You have to remain the same child of God that you would be in Potiphar's house, in the prison, or in the palace. Like, it shouldn't change. You have to stay consistent to who you are in Christ, to who God has called you to be. Amen? So God... He, he wants us to be disciplined so that we can reach our dreams because what he wants to work on, he wants to work on it now. Like now before he gives you the more. And that's why it's important to be consistent. Joseph, he could have complained. and He had all the right to. He could have compared himself to the guy that's actually not in prison. Any guy, for that matter. He could have compared himself. He, he, he could have had a hate in his heart he could have wanted to kill that lady that got him in trouble none of this came he could have wanted to kill his own brothers because of what they did to him but he stayed he stayed consistent to who he was he never changed he never wavered like i'm not saying he didn't ever have any thoughts like he was a robot and perfect like he never had doubts you know in his mind but he never like let them come out he 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 was decisive in the truth that he stood on and so joseph he could have done all that but he stayed consistent i believe that consistency comes from identity it comes from knowing who you are in god joseph knew who he was he knew that he was highly favored by god are you with me he knew that he was highly favored by 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 his father jacob i want to tell you something joseph was the son of rachel Jacob, he worked 14 years for Rachel. You remember this story? I don't know if you remember, but he works, first he works seven years, right? And, and he gets Leah. You guys remember Leah? Leah with the nice eyes? That's what the Bible says, that she had nice eyes. And Rachel, she, had, she was beautiful and had a good figure. That's what the Bible says, okay? Praise the Lord. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and Jacob, he wanted Rachel, but, but they tricked him, and he got Leah. He was kind of, like, stuck with Leah. And then he had to work another seven years and got Rachel. Actually got Rachel first and then worked. Anyway, but he, that was the, the woman that he loved. And Rachel wasn't having any, having any children. Like, Leah was having all these kids, and, like, and he even had, like, they had, like, the concubines, and they were having kids, and everyone else was having kids with Jacob except Rachel. Okay, so then, then Joseph is born from Rachel. So Jacob, man, he takes, he takes to like a, like a loving 
you know, uh, like, he, like a heart towards, towards uh, Joseph. Like he really loves Joseph. He gives him the, the coat of many colors. He kind of low-key favors him. So the big brothers are kind of, you know, they hate on him. And, but, but Jacob did something amazing. Like he, he let Joseph dream. Although he didn't like his dreams at, after, you know, he heard them. But he gave them the freedom to dream. Like you have to dream in the father's house. Like you have to know that you're highly favored by the father. And the father's house is intimacy with him. That's where you learn your, your identity. You learn that you're highly favored. You learn that he loves you. You learn that you can dream. See, when you get around Jesus, and when you really get around Jesus, and you know his grace and his love for you, and you, you understand that you're his son, you, you really, you, you, something weird happens. You want to know what, what happens? Something really strange happens when you get around Jesus. Like, you want to be great. Amen? Like, you get around, like, the disciples got around Jesus, and they were arguing, like, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom? Because getting around Jesus, who is the greatest, makes you want to be great. So what you feel in your heart and your desire to be, I don't know, the greatest engineer, the greatest, you know, prophet, the greatest teacher, the greatest whatever, right? Like, what you feel to be the greatest is because you belong to a kingdom and a king who's great. And his, he influences you. And Jacob, he had all the promises over him, the promises of Abraham and Isaac. And he had the actual tribes were being born through his lineage. He, he might have not had known exactly, but he saw the generations kind of building up and building up. And he knew that he was great. And he instilled that into Joseph. And Joseph is now a dreamer. And he sees himself as highly favored. And he's great. So he gets to Potiphar's house. He begins to work. He begins to, to, to do the things. Maybe he begins to sweep. He begins to clean. Uh, Potiphar sees that he does a great job, that he finishes two hours earlier than the other servants. So he says, you're going to be in charge of everyone that cleans up. Then he puts him in the kitchen. He gets that done fast, too. He starts to excel and excel because he's highly favored, and he knows who he is in Christ or God Amen. So then Potiphar says, okay, now I'm going to make you leader of the entire house. And then this thing happens where the enemy comes in and tries to kind of break our dreams and break our journey and break the stuff that's happening in our life. And they put him in prison and in prison. What does he do? He does the same exact thing because he stays consistent. He starts to, to clean. He starts to do his job or whatever they have him doing faster than the others and better than the others. And so they put him in charge. It's easy. Hey, that guy, he stands out. Put him in charge. Because now the boss doesn't have to do anything. He can just lay back, sit down, and then the Son of God can do everything for the boss. That's how we should be. Consistent. Now, this is for me. Always and all day. We need to be like this. Consistent. We have to know who we are in God. We have to know, like, we have to know who our father is, that we're highly favored, that that coat of many colors, like it, it's on us. That's the coat of righteousness that envelops us. And we walk in righteousness and we walk empowered by the Holy Spirit. And we walk in this kingdom and we walk as children, as light and salt of the earth. What is stopping us? The fact that sometimes we look around and we say, I don't want to be in Potiphar's house. I feel so insignificant. I feel like no one, no one sees what I'm doing. When am I going to get to, when, when am I going to reach my dreams? Joseph never asked that. He never gave up. 
He just did what he did because he was a child of God and he stayed consistent at Potiphar's house. He got to prison and he could have given up. He could have said, man, I don't care about this. But he went from dreaming in his father's house. You have to start dreaming. If you stop, you have to restart dreaming again. If you're already a dreamer, keep dreaming and dream some more. And be in intimacy with God and let him fill you with dreams. Because you're going to be a dreamer and one day you're going to be interpreting dreams. Meaning one day you're going to be in your calling and in your full potential and just exploding into what God has called you to do. So Joseph goes from dreaming in the father's house to interpreting dreams in the palace. He goes from, from just learning and, and, and being favored and just knowing his identity to just like exploding onto the scene of Egypt. It wasn't even like Israel. It wasn't, it wasn't like church. It was Egypt. He stayed consistent. But it starts at the Father's house. It starts in intimacy. We can't be consistent in life if we don't go to the source. Someone, someone called me this week. And they were, their concern was like, I don't feel God, right? Have you, have you gone to him? Have you made time for him? No, not recently. Okay, call me back after you do. Because I can't, I can't have a relationship for you. I got my own worries, y'all. I got to get up in the morning and pray myself. I pray for you, though. But I can't pray for you, you know, like, get, okay, now I'm Kevin today, Lord, and uh, I'm praying because he don't pray that often, and I can't do that. Right? That's you. But, but remember, it's not a burden, and it's not a, a necessarily like, a, like an oppression, like, oh, man, I got to pray. No, man, he loves you. He saved you. He, he's like, he's empowered you. It's just a relationship. That's all it is. It, it, you don't even have to speak in tongues all day and, and give prophetic words to the sink and the tub. and Just talk to Jesus. For goodness sake, just talk to Jesus. Just when you wake up, when you're driving, when you just talk to him. When, I was, when, when me and Cynthia were dating, man, all day, every day. I know some of you guys can relate. Remember when Jesse had a girlfriend when he was first starting to have a girlfriend and, and our, minute, our free minutes would start at 9, right? You guys remember that? Some of you guys laughed really hard on that. And he'd be like, all right, I'm out, guys. And, it was, and I'd look every time. Uh, it's 8.45. Relationship. And for me, too. Uh, 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 all, right, uh, uh, all right, Cynthia, honey, I'll, I'll see you tomorrow. Okay, get in the car. Hey, miss you. What's up? What are you doing? What are you watching? But God, like, nothing, right? Because we're really, like, good at being, like, no, no, like, I'm tough. But when, when your girl comes around, hey, honey. Hi. Joseph has identity. He has values. He has morals directly from his father Jacob and his father God and he stayed consistent with them he didn't he didn't waver when he gets to Egypt 
And now he's interpreting dreams. First, he did it in the prison. And that was like a seed. And then, bless you. And then he's, he's in the palace. He's in Egypt with the Pharaoh. And bless you again. And he's interpreting. And bless you some more, brother. You're being blessed today. And he's interpreting Pharaoh's dream now. Like he's, he's reached the place where God's about to use him. Where his dream that he had as a 15-year-old is about to come true. Wow. So he had to mature. He had to be decisive. And he had to stay consistent. And the last thing is he had to show strength. And strength sometimes, when we think of strength, as men especially, we think of like exerting our authority, right? Like basically yelling. That's what we think. <laughs> That's what we think is authority, first of all. Like when you're arguing with the wifey, right? And like it's not going, hey, I said, and I'm the husband here, right? Oh, maybe it's just me. And then like that's not strength, right? That's actually weakness because your, your ego hurts and uh, you're trying to uh, be strong for your ego, trying to protect it. Hey, hey wait a minute, you know? But that's not strength. Um, or we think maybe strength is uh, maybe lifting heavy things. We think that, uh, you know, carrying all the grocery bags, you guys do this? Like, there's not, not one grocery bag is staying behind, right? It's like the Marines. <laughs> like, and, and Cynthia always, are you sure, honey, you can carry all that? Don't you dare doubt me. Don't you dare doubt me. I will carry all. And then she's carrying, like, the eggs, you know, like, just, I got, I got the rest. And that's like, and I'm going up the stairs like, are you okay, honey? I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> not one. That's not strength either, although uh, physically strength, but godly strength, that's not it either. Strength is using the character of God, like actually expressing the character of God. And sometimes that's difficult. To, to show your true nature in God, like to express it. Because, like, we also have feelings and emotions. I know we don't really like to talk about that because we're men, right? And we don't really cry. I don't. I'm, I've never cried at a movie. Yeah, right. And uh, I've, you know, I'm just, I'm so strong. And, but the, and, and the truth is that being strong is actually being weak, to be honest with you, in human terms. Because when we, in our weakness, he is strong, his strength is perfected. And so strength is not independence, but it's codependence. It's depending on the Holy Spirit for everything, depending on God for everything. And so when we depend on him, sometimes we're going to have to do things that we don't maybe necessarily agree with in our brain, but our spirit does. Like, for example, forgiving someone. Let's go to Genesis 50. I'm almost done. This is the last thing. I know that sounds like a lie, usually, but. Genesis 50, verse, uh, I think I wrote it right. Verse 20. Let's, ver let's read verse 19. Are you there? 50, 19. Amen? Let's see where we go. Uh, Joseph said to them, his brothers, do not be afraid. 
for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, in order to bring about, as it is this day, to save many people alive. Now therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. So Joseph dwelt in Egypt, uh, he and his father's household, and Joseph lived 110 years. Anyway, so Joseph confronts his brothers who have the guys that tried to kill him and then sold him for slavery. They need food. And so Joseph is kind of like the prime minister of Egypt now. And Joseph has a lot of food because of the interpretation of dreams and his stewarding and his maturity and decisiveness and consistency. And now he's kind of has a decision to make. He can see his brothers now. He can say, uh, he could put them in jail just because he can have them killed just because. But he, he decides to forgive them. And that's, that's real strength. And um, remember his dream about his brothers bowing down to him? And his parents. I, I know now why when he said it, it was in, in, in immaturity. Because the dream wasn't that, that his brothers and his parents were going to bow to him. The dream was that he was going to save their life. And the lives of many others of the Israelites. That was the God's dream in his life. That was God's intention. So you see why maturity is really important. That when God gives us a dream that we're able to kind of take it to wisdom and take it to the word now that we, he didn't have the word, but take it to the word and take it to the father and say, what are you meaning by this Lord? What are you saying by this? And he'll, he'll walk you through it and he'll process it with you. So the dream here was to, to save many people and keep them alive. That was the dream. It wasn't necessarily that they were going to bow to him. Although at 15, that kind of sounded funny now that looking back, I guess, in his life, um, but now he has the ability to, to get rid of his brothers, but he says uh, that he forgives them. He forgives them here, and, and I love what he says, that he comforted them, and he spoke kindly to them. That's strength. That's what strength looks like, that, that when someone hurts you, that you don't move from your character of Jesus. That you don't move from that character, and all of a sudden you're like that road rage guy in the freeway. You're the same person. You're consistent. Like You're the same at the office. You're the same in your car. You're the same at church. You're the same with the family. You're the same. You're the same when someone hurts you. You still forgive. You still love. You're the same when things are good and when things look bad, according to our perceptions. You, you remain the same. That strength is, is expressing the character of God. So get to know God. Go to the Father's house. In other words, intimacy Get to know his character. Get to know how he is. And he's going to allow you to just express him everywhere that you go. Remember, you're an ambassador of Christ. And you expand the kingdom everywhere you go. And you change the atmosphere everywhere you go. And as a man of God, like, the next generation needs you. Joseph lived 110 years there. And his generations after were blessed. Even, even through slavery... God still had plans for them. Why? Because men like Joseph and men like Moses, after a revelation of God, stayed consistent, stayed decisive, they stayed in maturity, and they were obviously strong because of God. It's his strength and not, not ours.
So this is the land of fulfilled dreams where God takes you through a process to get you to that place. So keep dreaming, keep going, keep letting God process you. Like I've been learning so much and how sometimes we expect certain things to happen and we set our expectations and not our dreams. Those aren't dreams. And we, we put expect, expectations. That's like our own expectations. Uh, and when those don't happen, uh, we see that as a failure and we get disappointment. Disappointment is really an expectation that was not met. That's what disappointment means. You had an expectation and it wasn't met. And so you, you change and you start getting weird, right? Emotional, sensitive or whatever. Angry and all that. But just stay the, stay the course. Don't give up. Like God has a plan. He'll, he'll, he'll make those dreams come true that he's placed in your heart. But just keep going to him in intimacy and just confirming and just letting him kind of affirm you and, and guide you the best that you can. We can't say, Lord, when is stuff going to happen if we've actually never met with him on a daily basis? Sometimes, like, we're, we're good at complaining but we're not good at just like being honest and sincere with God. And that's all he wants. He wants to kind of help us build our character. Amen? All right, let's pray. Thank you for listening to the Grace and Love podcast. We hope you were blessed by this message. If you have a prayer request, we would love to hear from you. Please feel free to contact us. And if you're in the LA area, we would love to meet you. We have services Sundays at 2 p.m. and Fridays at 8 p.m. We are located at 1900 Medford Street, Montebello, California, 90640. Thanks again, and God bless you.